0: You don't like the Drake? I hate the
1: Drake. I love the Drake. How
0: could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake?
1: Who's the Drake? The
0: Drake is good. On this episode of Robin, everyone loves the Drake. Bruce Wayne is broken and gone in search of Tim's father, Jack Drake. While Tim is at a crossroads of his life as a superhero, does he follow a Batman that is not THE Batman? One that stands for everything that Tim is against.
1: This is my crusade! I am the righteous! I will wash the slime of Gotham into
2: the sewers. They will fear me as they never feared him! And what happens to Robin, Paul?
0: I thought we were friends.
2: You Tim. I'm sorry. I love
0: the Drake.
2: do I get you alone? How
0: do I get you alone? Or does Tim take a chance and stand alone, all by himself? All by On this week's episode of Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake. The Drake. I hate the drink. I love the drink. How could you not
1: like the drink? Who's the drink? Who's the drink? The drink is good. No.
0: You like the drink?
1: I love the drink.
2: The Drake. I the Drake.
0: Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third boy to wear the mantle of Robin, Tim Drake. We will start with Tim's origin and then make our way to Tim's ongoing Robin series that went 183 issues. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I
2: say? I'm irresistible.
0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. I am your host, Rob Myers, and with me is my good buddy, Terrence. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great. Excellent. Uh, this is part of the BatmanUniverse.net, and uh, real briefly, we're still doing our pledge drive. I think I'm the only one that's calling it the pledge drive, uh, but just a little bit to kind of help keep the uh, servers running over at the TBU website. Um, a couple bucks here or there. I've already uh, sent some out myself, so uh, it'll just keep all the uh, podcasts going and all the news feeds that uh, you out there are you know, listening to and reading on the BatmanUniverse.net, so Go over there and check out the right-hand column, and there will be a, a little uh, button you can push to kind of uh, place your own uh, – I about said bet, not a bet. <laughs> place your own donation uh, to the website. It will be greatly appreciated. <laughs> place a bet whether <laughs> – yeah. yeah. I'm going to place a bet whether this goes through or not. And uh, we're up to like 36 I think 38% so far. So that's been really pretty good. We've only been doing this uh, for uh, – about a month now, so that's been really helpful. So thanks to everyone out there. Um, real quick, uh, just, uh, for some people that maybe have, uh, stumbled onto us after Terrence and I did a guest spot over at, uh, Holy Batcast. Castle, I want to say a big thank you to Andy D. Genova. And uh, Holy Batcast as a whole for having us on there. It was uh, a blast to talk to some Tim Drake. And uh, some of the uh, Holy Batcasters got a chance to uh, hear our love for the Tim Drake character. But if you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at Robin podcast at Yahoo.com. We're also on Twitter at ELTV, uh, podcast on at Twitter. And we have a Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. So uh, leave us a little message and we'll uh, start a conversation with you. And thanks for stopping by. We're also a proud member of the Batman Podcast Connection. And again, as I said, this uh, podcast is brought to you by the batmanuniverse.net. And speaking of the Batman Podcast Network and Batman on film, we have returning with us Ryan Haas. How are you doing today, sir?
2: Hey, guys, I'm doing great.
0: And uh, I think we all know the reason uh, why we're all here. This is episode 40 of the show, and this is Robin number one. Terrence, I did it. You can no longer make fun of me. Um, I'm going to pull a Costanza and I'm just going to sign off right here. I'm going out. We'll go out on a high note. <laughs> we the,
1: made it. You know, the, the, the episode hasn't posted yet. So lots of stuff can happen. The hard drive could crash. So we can, <laughs> let's wait and see asteroid could hit the earth, but you know, maybe in a week uh, you, can, you can say that. Yeah. Just when I hit send, uh, thank yeah. you for being my Jerry Seinfeld
0: and crushing Costanza's dreams. <laughs> yeah. You want to be my latex oh, salesman. That's yeah. right. <laughs> um, this has been pretty cool. Uh, uh, getting uh to this moment uh right here and uh it's uh, i think i've said it uh, numerous times on the podcast that this is where i originally thought about starting and we did the whole uh journey to uh robin number one here the proper series the 183 uh, issues like i say every single time is the opening um This is going to kind of be a little bit of a a free-for-all, just kind of the big moment for uh, Tim Drake and Robin to finally have his own book. So I just kind of wanted to, air quotes, go around the room and uh – Ask you guys, you know, uh, did you pick the book up on uh, release day? What versions of the book do you have? How many copies of it? How many variant covers? And, you know, all those uh, really cool things. So we'll kick it off to our guest, uh, Ryan. Uh, just what was your uh, leading into this, your your anticipation for it and your thoughts? And, you know, how many books do you have and, you know, the, that, those type of cool things?
2: Man, well, when Robin Number 1 came out, I was uh, – let's see – six years old
1: <laughs>
2: so i i, I, I figured not, so i did not get it when it first came out uh but uh like i i think i've mentioned this on a another sh- on the previous show i was on with you guys like um i was familiar with nightfall even at an early age that at that age because it was such a gigantic event it was not hard to get swept up in it because it was kind of everywhere, comics related. So, my my dad would take me to the comic book store. You know, the one we had in our, our local town in uh, Tennessee was called Funny Pages. And no, before that it, we, it was called M M&M and M Comics. Wow, hmm. like a whole different comics. So we went there and like uh, they had the big Batman 500 stuff there and all the foil covers and everything. And I remember just getting those and getting random Nightfall comics here and there and. Uh, But nothing – but I didn't follow the storyline really, but I knew it was a big deal, and I really uh, liked the Jean-Paul Azrael Batman. It's it's kind of strange to think, but as a six-year-old, like even though I knew what Batman was and I knew Batman was Bruce Wayne and I knew what Batman looked like, uh, the first Batman that I – could go pick up a comic book and read about was Jean Paul Valley and I remember loving the character so much and the design and drawing the Nightfall Batman logo just on like paper with crayons and stuff like all all the time as a kid so, um, but now that it's been so many years later it's it's cool to look back on it and this is a you know the time when Robin One comes out it's a really cool like turning point in like the whole Batman universe the way it was constructed because you you start to get things like Robin number one and Catwoman number one, and it's it's just a more complete uh, Batman universe that they've kind of started to make here. And the journey – and like you guys have said on the whole podcast, it's taken 40 episodes to get to Robin number one, which shows that they didn't just throw Robin three in here and this is the new Robin, that's it. They took their sweet time with it, really developed this guy, really developed the character, went through three miniseries, and now they finally got to the first issue. Um, so over the years, I've really been fond of this whole Nightfall period of comics, and I've collected the issues here and there. Um, but although I didn't get Robin number one on release day, I do remember very vividly, for, for some reason, getting Robin number four when it first came out, um, uh around easter time uh when robin 4 was out i you know my parents didn't always get me like an easter basket for easter but that particular year i got a cool easter basket with batman stuff in it and there was one comic book in it and it was robin number 4 <laughs> and i very vividly remember it because i it was just completely out of context i didn't know what was going on i didn't have the 1 through 3 or anything like that and i remember reading it and uh the way that that comic book ends i was just like Freaking out! I was like, "Oh my god, Robin's dead. <laughs> What's gonna happen?" And I, I don't think I ever uh, got an issue five until <laughs> like 15 years later or something. <laughs> so like, it was it was very interesting. But to to, to get back on track, I have uh, three copies of Robin one. I have the newsstand edition, and I have two uh, of the cool foil, awesome variant covers one of which is uh uh regular and one of which i just uh put a, p- a picture up on twitter you can see um it's signed by chuck dixon and and grummet which is pretty awesome
0: so where do you keep that in your house i'm just i'm wondering just for for safety purposes you know in case you know
2: <laughs> oh yeah in case, you, in case you're ever in the yeah you know,
0: I'm, I'm just saying you know in case you've got to get out of the house and you need to pick up your comics and hey rob go grab that one
2: uh, i the first thing i do is go <laughs> yeah i go get robin number one and then and then like my dog and then you get your dog right yeah so <laughs> priorities <laughs> um yeah no yeah i've got a, i've got a big uh uh i've got those cool um drawer boxes nice that uh, all the comics go in, and it's 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 in there, so it's it's easily accessible. So don't worry about that. Nice, nice. <laughs> uh, tar- <laughs> no, I forgot. I completely forgot I even had that signed issue. I think, uh, and that's the thing too. Like my dad will notice things like this when he goes to flea markets or stuff like that, and he always sees like, you know, Robin number one. He's like, oh, this is cool, and I th- I think my dad got me this just at a flea market randomly one day and it just happened to be signed and it was like, wow, this is awesome. That's cool. So it was just peeking there in the, in my collection. I thought that was pretty great.
0: Uh, I was the same way. I forgot that I had a Tom Grummet signed, um, Robin three cry of the huntress. Number one.
2: Oh, wow. Um,
0: that it was in. I remember picking it up at the, a comic book shop that was uh, getting ready to close, and I think I paid ten bucks. That's what the sticker says on it. I think he might wanted, may have wanted twenty, and I said, "Well, hey, there's a sticker for ten. But it wasn't till you know starting to do the podcast and pulling out my books, I found it and was like, "Wow, I completely forgot I had this." So you know, I've had it since you know, put somewhere where I can readily see it. I'm like, this thing's just been. I, I like having little gems like that. You go through your collection. Oh yeah, and like I. Did not realize I had this. Like I have uh, the first appearance of Harley, uh, Harley, Harley in the animated series comic. Oh, it was never bagged, yeah. never boarded, but it was between two books that were bagged and boarded. And that's I was just amazing. just going through it, and, and there there it sits. So that's so, an ex-
2: that's an expensive book now, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I remember having that book as a kid. I had I all the comics I had. I had in a big like I guess it was like an Ultra Pro comic book binder. And I had, I vividly remember having that issue and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I think I went to the park one day and left it there, and like it just vanished. And I, <laughs> I lost all my comics. And then years later, like that's the first appearance of Harley Quinn. And I used to have it. now I don't. It makes me sad.
1: <laughs> oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, it really is. Cause I, I remember, I, I remember some of the issues that were in there, and they were my prized possessions. And I would just carry it around <laughs> when, when we would go places, and <laughs> ah.
0: Yeah, I who would have thought that book years ago. I mean, it was a yeah. cartoon series, you know, comic book. It's like that's not going to be nothing. So, that was somebody was like I can't believe you never bagged and boarded it. I'm like in 1993, that was the last thing on my mind was to bag and board oh, a, yeah. a, an animated series cartoon book. And I was dumb luck that it was between two books that were bagged and boarded. So, um I can't can't wait to get it graded. Uh Terence, what about you and uh Robin number 1?
1: Yeah, I I just picked it up for the first time this week to do the (laughs) podcast. I've never, I didn't even know this was out. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's it's okay. Yeah. yeah. I I I, understand. (laughs) When this came out, I was 19, which is a weird age because you want to be where the 21 year olds are Mm -hmm. and you can't, but you don't appreciate the fact that you've like, are so much better off than where you were a couple of years ago because you probably have a job but not a lot of bills yet, and so you have some spending money and you have a car and a license, and so you're like in such a way better place than you were, you know, three years ago when you were 16. But all you can think about is, well, I want to be in that other place with all the 21 year olds. <laughs> um, but Nightfall, I was heavily into Nightfall at the time, so I was going to this comic book store probably. I, I, they also about Wednesday comics, but for some reason back then it was Thursdays when we could get the new book. So I guess they, they maybe they got the shipment Wednesdays, but didn't put them out till Thursday or whatnot. So I, yeah. I think I was pretty much going every Thursday um, and picking up the books. And for Robin, um, you know, I, I kind of had a little bit of a chip on my shoulder with this book. I actually remember clearly getting it and being kind of annoyed with it because they took so long to come out with a, a Robin his own series. It was like after the first miniseries and it was such a huge hit they should have had the series right then and there and um i I, i'm not a marvel hater i just like dc better I, i like the characters and whatnot but i do read some marvel books and i like marvel and just marvel i always felt like if marvel had robin he would have had his own series immediately like marvel just churned out so many more series and so many characters would You know, being in a couple of issues of X-Men, people like them and boom, they get their own series. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Um, And so when this finally came out after three miniseries and two annuals and showcase issues and all this stuff, I had a little chip on my shoulder of like, oh, well, now you do it. Like now you bring it out. (laughs) Like, I, you know, but um, I only have the one new stand edition. Um, I was by this time just burnt out on all those like special covers and full fully. You know, covers and all that. And I was just like, I'm just getting the new stand and that's it. I don't need, you know, the, the special effects. Um, but I think like maybe about two or three pages into it. Um, I was just any little like chip on my shoulder I had was just completely over. And I was, I was totally into it. And I don't know when exactly it happened, but this, and people might laugh, especially if they're artists, but somewhere around here. Is when I started to notice that there were different artists writing the book. I know that sounds like stupid, but <laughs> like before that, it was just there were comics and there were artists. And I just assume that whoever was drawing it, they all drew Batman the same way or they all drew and Tom Grummet's art, especially maybe because his faces are very distinctive yeah. and very yeah. similar, like everyone looks like a clone of each other, is the first time where I kind of noticed, like, oh, well, this artist is kind of got his own style, and where I could see a picture and know, oh, I know who drew that, and that's Tom Grummet. And I couldn't really explain what or how or why I knew it. I just knew, like, instinctively, oh, that's Tom Grummet. And I had a a big puzzle that was a Tom Grummet, Batman, and Robin, and um, he was also doing a lot of Superboy and Superman stuff at, at the same time. And um, so I kind of have like this little fondness in my heart of like where when I first kind of realized like different artistic styles and had that ability where you could just see a picture and know who drew it. Um, So um, but I don't know if this gets me kicked off the podcast because I only have I only have one copy and it's the newsstand. But I have I have saved it for. 23 years so that that has some street cred i think yeah all right
0: you, you barely skated by i mean yes if i was letter grading this you would have an f plus where's yeah. your signed copy yeah yeah you don't have a signed copy uh, wait a minute neither do i so you're all right you're all right yeah uh i've got uh three well two versions of it i have the the new stand and uh, i bought the uh the foil you know Jumping through the glass. I just I love looking at this book. Um, I think I've only ever had had it out of its bag and board. I think twice, because uh, I think back then like, oh, I wonder if this book's gonna have different content. And once I realized it didn't, it went in the bag and the board. And I thought there's no need to get it in and out. I don't know if I thought this book's gonna be a million dollars someday, but. You know, it's not, you can get it fairly, <laughs> very cheap, uh, on eBay and different things, but, uh, uh, this was uh, really cool and I went as far out and I also tweeted a, a picture of the books that I have and I've put up a couple things too, but I also have the, a little mini cardboard poster, and if you can kind of hear that, it says "Robin Alone at Last" on sale now. It's the you know same image image that's coming out. And I asked the guy at the comic book shop if I could have that when he took it down. I also have the Robin mobile that would hang uh, up above the comic racks, where it's you know the 3D image of him swinging. Uh, so yeah. I, I've got that little thing too. So anything that was Robin at that point that wasn't nailed to a wall, even if it was nailed to a wall, <laughs> I bought. And then when the trade paperback uh, came out of uh, the first, I think uh, this first uh, set of stories and a couple showcases, I, I have that as well. So uh, for going through the podcasting, this is what I'll be, you know, referencing through is the uh, flying solo. Um, Robin series in a trade paperback so I, I thought this was really cool um, I don't my little shop which I've said before on the show was basically a mom and pops romance novel <laughs> type of place but I felt like I had to be there because I had graduated high school uh, same age as Terrence, uh, 19 18 years old I had just graduated high school in, in 93 so I was out in like the first job and I thought hey I can go to the comic book shop and be there when it opens and I can I can beat the line I can get the I'll try to be the first one. I got there an hour and a half before the store opened and I was the only one because it's not a real comic book shop. So I walked in, the guy's like, how long have you been sitting out in the car? I'm like, about an hour and a half. He's like, not a lot of people know this place exists. And I was like, well, I didn't want to take a chance. And he's like, it's just for Robin, and I was like, but "It's I, number one." Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> he just kind of shook his head and opened the door, and I, <laughs> I went racing in that as if there's people behind me. I, I probably look like a complete idiot. I probably sound like a complete idiot right now, so I'll just delete that from the show. <laughs> but yeah, I thought this was uh, just a, a really cool moment to be a, a, not only a Batman fan but to be a Robin fan and have, you know a moment where it's like this is robin you know i get a i finally have a book that's not a mini series and just wondering how and where you know this uh, robin character was going to go and hopefully everybody was going to you know fall right in line and had no idea that you know this is, was going to go 183 issues and then stem into you know the red Robin title. And, you know, here we are 26 some odd years later, still talking about, uh, the Robin series. And, uh, I think it's just a, it's a really cool moment. And just for the, the podcast, um, it makes me happy to, to get to this point. Um, Ryan, I kind of wanted to uh, ask you a couple questions here, sure. um, just on getting into the story and, um, we'll kind of talk uh, loosely about this there's no audio drama this time because uh, I don't have a ro- actually
2: the Ooh. the very very beginning of Robin number no. one there's a little bitty snippet of the nightfall that covers it
0: yeah um our,
2: it's very 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 short though
0: very short the our last episode where we were talking about uh Batman 500, it goes right into Tim going into uh, the Batcave. Uh, the audio drama doesn't really talk about him going there for specifically to get Redbird, uh, which I thought was cool, yeah. and I want to talk about the car as well. Uh, yeah. But they kind of truncated it a little bit, but it was cool to have that that little chunk, and I may even throw that into the uh, opening of the episode anyway.
2: Yeah, um, short enough, that'd be cool.
0: Yeah, uh, so having... You liking Azriel and also being a Robin fan, having Asbats picking up Tim at the end of uh, – was it a Detective 6 uh, – I can't remember. Oh, I can
2: tell you. It's uh, 668. Right.
0: Um, and then uh, I think Terrence has said it too that this has like a, a great opening of a book. It's a great yeah. closing of a book and a great opening to have – holding uh, Robin here in that moment of like, is he really going to take out uh, Tim Drake here? So uh, being a, a fan of of both characters, where were you on this on the Azriel front of uh, what's he doing to Tim? And, you know, just kind of those uh, thoughts maybe that you were experiencing at the time, <laughs> seeing the opening of this book.
2: I mean, the cool thing is now in in, in context with, with all of the Nightfall stuff over and done, you can read it beginning to end. I, it's just part of the ride and there's something that i really respect and like about robin number 1 is that there's not really like they 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 tell you they get you on the same page but it's all all through like dialogue and the things that the characters actually saying they don't take their time to have like a giant flashback where they say this is how tim drake became robin and there were two robins before and now there's Azrael and now there's this there's, it all happens pretty seamlessly within this issue i think that's pretty great um, so I just see it as this is this is part of the story, and this and you're just thrown right into the middle of it. And you, but it's one of those things where you see uh, Aspats holding Tim like that, and you know that he's serious. You know he means business, and you know this is kind of the point here where they can't go back. You they, yeah. you know, th- this is the crossroads right here. That Ra- there is no, his his uh, Tim Drake's dad's gone. Bruce is looking for him. Bruce is gone. The and there's no way that he can work with Azrael by himself like this uh, without endangering himself, and they're just at a, at, a, at a crossroads here. So it's it's the perfect setup for Robin to go on his own and start his own solo series, which I think is pretty great.
0: Yeah, and I will harken back to what Terrence said just about the art. This was uh, I started. I was always torn between okay, Inker and pencil like in color like who who actually drew it i was trying to see where it said artist it took a while to figure out like oh pencils because i'm like i don't see any pencils in here i was always forever (laughs) trying to look for pencils that you know as i started getting a little more comic savvy i started figuring that out but uh art was another one like terrence said uh, you would look at and go hey that's that's gromit i could start picking out who it was and there's just something very oh yeah something very beautiful about his art and uh that colorist as well just does a really good job of bringing to life Tim. And then uh, it, you guys have had both said it, like Terrence said, if this was a Marvel book, they would have probably had one issue chunked a whole bunch of stuff in here. And then we're off and running. I felt like opening mm-hmm. up this book, I've done years of homework and I knew who Adriana yes. was. I knew who, you know, the bully in school was. And I know the name of his high school, like all that stuff just seemed very familiar. And it was like, finally this is the preview of the movie i've been waiting for for four and a half years and is finally here but i've read mm-hmm. all the little mini-series i thought that was uh yeah. r- oh, really cool
2: and this is kind of the the spot in in uh, my comics history where I, I did start to notice like different artists in different styles too you know you just think about nightfall in general you've got those great kelly jones covers and then for a lot of the the uh, actual story issues you have your norm bray art or your your uh uh, or your Jim Apero type stuff. And, and there's no better example than Batman 500, where it's literally two comics in one. You start with the old, with Jim Apero, and then you switch halfway through with the new Batman, and you get your, uh, I think, Mike Manley art. Yeah. So it's like a very obvious like split in uh in artistic styles. And I thought that was cool. And I always remember um, Terrence was talking about the uh, how distinctive the Robin faces look. Uh, the way that Grummet draws them. And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but I remember uh, some of the, like, uh, DCN ads that would be inside the issues. And I always remember the one where they had, like, a how to draw characters yeah, thing. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they, like, draw Robin, and it was, like, a circle and something else, and then, like, a finished Robin face. And it's like, eh, just go pick up Robin issue, you know, 8 or whatever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, for whatever reason, that's that sticks out in my mind.
0: Yeah, because it was always his art that they uh, had yeah. used. Yeah, um, Terence, uh, seeing a Redbird in here. I know you and I are the same age, and we were picking this book up. And it, you and I have both said we we felt like we grew up with the Tim Drake uh, character this whole entire time. So at uh, the time we're graduating high school, Tim is graduating to his next thing and being able to drive to a comic shop. Even though that wasn't my own car, it was my parents' station wagon. I remember getting in the car after kinda thumb I read this in the parking lot and thinking just how cool Redbird was and Tim's got his own car and I thought, Well, I got my own car. So I don't know if you had the those same things of like you know and it was cool that Tim wasn't given like the bat bike that he paints you (laughs) know, paints red or or something
2: like that. Yeah, it's interesting that it's not just like yeah, it's not just a you know a scooter or like a motorcycle or something. It's a literally a car. I think that's very interesting, and I think that maybe they did it deliberately just to compare it to the Batmobile and to compare it to like you know kids turning uh, you know of age to start driving a car. I think that's really a cool idea.
1: Yeah, and there's very few teenage superheroes who have a car because most of them are you know, they can fly or have some kind of powers or Beast Boy. They don't make too many you know non-powered younger superheroes so i I can't think of anyone else who had a car but my car at the time was red so i had this like thing can i get a like a a personalized license plate that says redbird or should i write redbird on the back i never did any of it but there was that kind of thought but you know mine was a dodge so it didn't i i loved that car but it didn't wasn't quite the red bird so yeah
0: um i've got a uh uh, Eagle Moss is a, like a, a miniature, not a miniatures, but they're like a little statue figurine company and they started doing a Batman Automobilia collection where you could get like, they'll make a, reproduce a classic Batman, you know, vehicles in like little model size and they did uh, the Redbird uh, early on they ended up picking it up and I don't think it's ever done in the series. If it has, I'll, we'll probably find it as we go through. But in the book that you get with the little model, it says that the Redbird would be able to like change or transform into a sports coupe. So when Tim was taking his dad to his doctor's appointment, he would still be in Redbird, but it would just look like a, a red convertible that he would drive around mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think if that only ever happened once or twice, but it's not in this a series uh, that we're currently looking at because, you know, yeah. Jack's not around.
2: I was one – I was – you know, I read that too about the car. I was wondering if you knew exactly when and where that happened.
0: No. Um, but I'm sure if I dug the magazine out, it, it would say, but I don't have it right in the, front of me.
2: The first thing that comes to mind when you think about a transforming Batman vehicle that I think of is the the Bruce Wayne Custom Coupe. Yeah, <laughs> car. Uh, it's a toy from Batman Returns. I yeah. thought that was the coolest thing. And uh, <laughs> yeah. you can even go and look at the uh, the commercial for it on YouTube. That it's, they've got like Bruce Wayne driving around in it and in a regular car, and 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 the, the announcer is like, you know, Bruce Wayne is going down the street, and oh, there's Catwoman, and now he needs to use his custom coup to transform into Batman. <laughs> and then they and then they repeat it again what was that it's batman and they say it (laughs) twice it's it's pretty great and i had that thing i still have it actually and it's really cool they just have this handle in the back of the car and it's like a Like a black car, and you just pull the handle, and then it just all this stuff comes out, and it turns into like a a, it turns into a Batmobile, and it transforms Bruce Wayne into Batman in the same in the same pull, which was pretty freaking awesome at the time.
0: Now, did you say that was animated series or Batman Returns? Batman Returns. Returns. I I had that car for a while, and then thought, oh, I don't need that, but I kept the Michael Keaton figure where he's wearing his purple. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Purple top or whatever it was. So I, I have that figure, and now I'm looking at it, going, I probably should have kept that car, but I thought I don't need this sports coupe. <laughs> so now I kind of regret giving it up. Uh, it's, <laughs> hey, It's, hey, Rob. it's pretty
2: oh. unique.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say before you segue to the next thing. Sorry, I was gone for a minute, but I I, I didn't know Harley Quinn's first appearance was in the Batman Adventures number twelve. Like, yeah. You guys were talking. I thought it was Mad Love. So oh. when you were talking about that, I was like, and I loved. I looked up what was her first. To, uh, appearance to see what you're talking about, so that it was twelve. And I loved the Batman Adventures series when it oh, came man, yeah. out. I had all of them. Um, yeah. So then I'm like, well, how? Cause I, and I I like that issue because it had Batgirl. I'm like, maybe I bought more than one. I don't know. So I look, they're they're going on eBay for a few hundred. The, yeah. 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 There's a 9.8 a graded 9.8, which is going for 1,800 right now, and that's mm-hmm. that's bid. So that might even go up higher, but that's a guarantee. Yeah. So Wait till I, Suicide
2: Squad comes out; it'll go. Yeah, even yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I went to make sure I had one or to see if I had more than one and uh, my wife is like What are you what are you doing? You're doing the podcast. I'm like, I, they're talking about a book. I gotta see if I have it and she's like, Oh my god, you're not gonna dig through all the books. Luckily the, yes, the I Batman, am. Yeah, the Batman Adventures long box was actually on the top, so I pulled it out right away and I showed I'm like, This book is going for eighteen hundred dollars on eBay right now. She's like, You need to stop touching it and sell it. And then the kids came out and they're like, What's going on? What's going on? And I'm like, This is going for eighteen hundred dollars right now and they're all yelling, Sell it, sell it, sell it. So but now I do you have it? Yeah, I have it. Um, um, it. it looks in I have the whole run of the Batman adventures. I love that book. And and a few of them I have more than one. That's why I was wondering, but it looks like I only have one of them. Um, it it <laughs> uh it looks like it's in pretty good condition. I wouldn't say it's in uh, you know, a 9.8 cuz I do see a little bit on the sides, but not a lot. I, it I, I don't know how they grade it, so it, it's hard to say, but it would probably be a high grade, but not a 9.8. Um, yeah. But then I'm like, well, but if I sold this one, then my set's missing one, so I can't <laughs> yeah. that. I,
2: yeah, it'll, it'll be like mine. Like, literally, I, I went and looked at mine, too, just to make sure, like, I could get – yeah, okay, yeah, that issue was in that binder I lost as a kid. I literally have the issue before and the okay. issue after oh. And, there's yeah. a bit, and I have, like, the first, like, I don't know, 25 issues or whatever, and like that's, like, one of the only ones missing in the run. And yeah. I'm just like, no, I
1: said, I can't handle, I can't handle collecting because it's like if I have it and then if I sell it, I'm, I'm like, I, I can't part yeah. with this. And then yeah. if I sell it and it goes up, I'm like, why did I sell it? I could have held on to it longer. And then if I sell it, if I don't – and it goes down and then I'm just like – and then I'm stressed that, like, every little thing, like, well, what if I drop it? What if I damage it? What if I – so, yeah, I – I don't know why I do this to myself. But I do. I'm, I'm
0: glad I'm not the only one. In case you can't tell, this is uh, Robin. Everyone loves Harley Quinn's first appearance. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I'm looking at mine too. I've got it in a little uh, hard shell protector oh,
1: case. Did you go and get it while we were talking? Yeah, while we were talking, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 went, I went and grabbed yeah. it
0: too. So uh,
2: I remember, I remember kids making fun of me for having that book because I would bring it to school like during the summer, I think. And the front of that book, I believe, if I'm correct, like it they. It's got the Batman Adventures logo, and they scrawled the, Batman, the man part out, and it says Batgirl, Girl. and it's like it yep. says yeah. Batgirl Adventures, yeah. So I have that, and it had like uh, doesn't have like Poison Ivy and Batgirl and Harley Quinn yeah. 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 I remember having that, and people were just like, "Oh, you read Batgirl?" I'm just like, "That was yeah. awesome, you guys!" Whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, I yeah. I've got I've got a couple little you know spine bends, or you know where you kind of see some white on the sides. You know, mine too is not going to be a, a nine point eight, but I would. I don't know how they grade it either, but I would say this has got to be a high 8 or a, a low 9 at, at least. So, um, yeah, that's just cool to have something like that, you know, to look through your collection and, and to dumb luck into something like that, That, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought a book like this is going to be anything? Because I had thought too for Mad Love, and they were, are counting it as the actual first time that she appears in printed form and not only in her own book, so that she appeared in, in this um, you know, you could pay for your one of your daughters part of their education with that book. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things we always joke about all the time, like, Oh, I could buy a car with this and I'm thinking, I probably could buy a car with this book. But I am the same way, going, Well, I have it. If I sell it, then I won't have it anymore and yeah. it's the same way. Like if I hold on to it, my luck it'll go down and somebody's gonna go, Well no, actually, uh, we are gonna go with mad love and this is rubbish, so you know, that book's like mm-hmm. a buck now. Yeah,
2: the annual that the Batman Adventures annual number one is also pretty expensive, more than you would think, too, because of uh, Harley Quinn's early appearance, I believe.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I'll segue this back to Robin. Like this, the (laughs) Batman Adventures 12 was pretty cool because it's actually a cool cover. Um, Harley Quinn looks for her first appearance. She looks pretty good Mm -hmm. with the gun and everything, aiming it at Batgirl. And I'm surprised I didn't have more because I really like Batgirl and she wasn't around at the time. You know, Barbara Gordon was Oracle. There was no Batgirl. Sandra Kane hadn't true. come in. Um, and I really like this series, too, because uh, looking at the cover date, it's September 93. So it was like a kind of a a fun Bruce Wayne, Batman, traditional Batman, but it was going on at the same time as Nightfall. So, like, you could read the Nightfall and Bruce, you know, in all this agony and pain and the broken back, but then turn to this and have this sort of, like, it's kind of like watching, you know, The Dark Knight and then watching, you know, The Brave and the Bold on the same day. You know, you kind of get both ends of it. And then to bring it to the Robin, with the Robin cover, I I kind of like the, the Robin covers, both of them, in that they didn't try to, like... Ape the first couple pages of the Tim Drake, uh, John Paul fight. Like, I, I could have easily seen, like, you know, the yeah. cover. Here it is, yeah. the showdown you've been waiting for. And uh, they True. did that in Batman and Robin Eternal a couple months ago with Dick Grayson and Asriel having, getting ready to fight on the cover. And then they're like in three panels or something. So yeah. even though these covers, iconic. yeah, yeah, the, the covers of one and could have, could have been a poster, could have been for anything. Um, and they didn't, you know the, and that first page is awesome I, that could have been a cover but then you would have kind of been disappointed and with like the whole story of like really i only got the four pages of them but um anyway i, I like the covers <laughs> yeah and uh, i like how it it quickly
0: moves from the fight you know it's getting Tim out of the cave and he's gone and he's out on his own and you're right into the uh, speed boys uh, hijacking cars and you start going, Oh, this is going to be a-, a foe for Tim. And, you know, by, by the next uh, couple pages, you know, Tim is going back, putting the red burn in a barn. I started going, starting having those thoughts of like, well, Tim just took the car out of the cave. You know, he doesn't have his own bird's nest, you know, not at this point uh, he doesn't. So he's going to put it in a barn And in a previous uh, issue of Batman, he had tied his computer to the Batcave, so he still has access to a computer that you'll see him uh, use here. But then, you know, the world building that they've taken a while to do, uh, he's, you know, back on the uh, subway, and now he's got this car, but it's like, well, I can't drive the car. I still got to maintain that I'm high school student, you know, Tim Drake that that doesn't have a car, and Ives comes right in. It's kind of that, that familiar thing that we've been talking about through the robin miniseries that i'm glad this wasn't the first time that we're seeing ives and we're getting introduced to adriana again it's like the cast of characters that they've been slowly sprinkling in are right here um and i think i think it's you terrence that said you weren't really a fan of the adriana character is that correct
1: yeah it's not that i disliked her it's just i always see think of tim with stephanie brown yeah. and so for her it just never there's nothing I, I disliked about right. her but it just never i was never like oh he needs to be with her or there was never anything yeah really that special there's, with not, her. A, there's not a big hook really. yeah exactly i
2: mean the closest thing i could think of would be uh you know dana from uh, uh batman beyond
0: yeah. It's, yeah it's
2: kind of a person that he could eventually maybe see you know kind of like rachel and batman uh, the dark knight trilogy just kind of somebody that he can Anchor himself and see himself being having like a normal life with somebody.
1: Yeah. Hey, uh, let me. Uh, I just mention this for a second. If you, I don't know because I don't have the the foil cover, but in the newsstand edition, it's kind of cool because on on the backside of the cover is an ad for Batman Nightfall Skycaps, which I guess were like Pogs, which were oh, kind of big yeah. in, in the early '90s. And it's cool because it has really big the the Kelly Jones cover of Bane breaking Batman's back, and it's a, a little extra bloody and stuff. And it's like that ad basically <laughs> sums up where Robin and John Paul have gone through in the last you know uh six months or so or whatever this has been in in comic book time or three months and it's cool it's like they didn't have to put a recap they didn't have to um have this whole like what you missed thing it's just like that ad kind of makes you go oh yeah that's right and then what's really weird i don't know if you have the issue in front of you ryan and uh but yeah one of the pogs is of the cover. It says, Revenging Robin's Death. And it's got the Batman, I think he's like tripping out on Scarecrow toxins. Yes. Yeah. And yep. if you look at his Batman logo, it's the new Rebirth Batman oh, logo. Kind of. Oh, I are you
0: kidding that. me? Now i got to open the book up. Yeah,
2: <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's into, I, I've, for a few weeks now, I've uh, been posting pictures on Twitter where I feel like the whole uh, stuff we've been seeing in Rebirth has been uh, telegraphed all along because if you if you see I noticed I, I read holy uh, cow isn't that
0: crazy <laughs> cuz I, I just thought well i'm not going to open up the bag and board i'm just going to look at the book through the trade paperback and i have these pogs man
2: i have <laughs> i have an unopened box
0: oh wow
2: wow all wow. of them it's it's amazing <laughs> but i but i, I noticed like, if you read uh Robin to the Joker's Wild and a lot of panels like joker has a smiley face button that he's yeah. wearing and i'm like holy crap, they knew about Rebirth way, <laughs> back, way back then. This is insane.
0: That's crazy. Uh, there was a little bit of a um, culture moment or a pop culture reference in here. I'll see if you guys picked up on it. When uh, Tim is on the train, when Ives comes up to him, he asks if he's going to go to the movies. And, uh, movie? The movie? The Stallone movie. Do you know what movie they're talking about?
2: Uh, Judge Dredd?
0: No demolition oh, man demolition man okay yeah yeah there was a a, a footnote in the back of the uh, trade that says um went nice. and saw, went and saw judge or judge dread uh, demolition man liked it that's why it's included for tim to say <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> that's amazing and here's something else really quick uh, and this makes the the foil special cover like that much more special in my mind it's, it's a direct homage to Detective Comics number 38, with which is Robin's first appearance. You know, he's jumping through that. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's, yeah. It's, it, that covers a direct uh, homage to that, which I think is pretty awesome because it's like Robin number one, new Robin, Tim Drake, but it still honors what's come before. I think that's excellent. Uh,
0: for the longest time um – it, if we go to a restaurant or something like that, if, I, you know, we don't know the waiter's name, I'll always say, well, let's get Carl over here, you know, <laughs> or if it's, you know, the ambiguous person that I don't know their name, I always go to Carl, especially if I think they're a jerk, and I think I attribute that to the Robin series because uh, – Tim's nemesis in high school, his name's Carl. <laughs> so I was like, my wife's like, where did Carl come from? I said, I think I got it from a comic book. And then uh, reading this, I was like, I think I got it from this. <laughs> just a yeah. name that I'll use for a random everyday Joe. And I like that he Tim has uh, somebody like that. Like everything's just really well thought out that this is like his uh, Flash Thompson. You know, Tim could clearly beat the snot out of this guy, but he can't. And uh, ends up having to save the jerk from the Speed Boys as they're going through. And uh, I thought uh, Chuck Dixon just did a really good job in just these very first few pages of just setting up uh, the relationships that you know Tim's trying to think if is he going to get with Adriana, yes or no. And then here comes the new jock in the school, and now great, now this guy's going to try and steal my girlfriend away. And then for Tim putting his life on the line to save the jerk ends up getting a hug from the girl. So I just reading this back in 93, you, I could kind of really kind of relate with some of those things of being the quote unquote nerd or the geek and, you know, having a girlfriend and kind of going, you know, as soon as the basketball player comes over here, my girlfriend's going to get all dodo eyed. And, you know, what, what am I going to, what do I have the, to offer that this guy can offer tenfold? So I think that also made Tim very relatable and, that it was happening in his own book without the aid of a Batman to go cheer up Tim, you know, with the training, you can do anything. Tim has to go through all these hard knocks all on his own. He doesn't have a dad. Uh, he's got a about said a house mother. He's got a, a maid that he's got to keep this ruse up of like, Oh yeah, dad's on this vacation and you know, uh, at a spa when he has no idea that his dad's ever going to come back. And it, what the condition of Bruce is going to be, and uh, it just made like this first issue just it, so so appealing that I just I wanted to keep reading and reading and knowing that oh, I've been waiting so long and now I got to wait an entire month.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you guys about. Oh can I just yeah. mention something on piggyback on what you said there? Yeah, it shows you how good of a writer uh, Dixon is because the dialogue really flows well. Like it's not too wordy, mm-hmm. but it's not yeah. just one. Word, it flows good, but it, if you, if, if Chuck had come to you and said, hey, all right, I'm writing the first Robin story and on the first four pages, I'm setting up a huge fight between Tim Drake and, you know, John Paul Valley, but then that's going to, um, end in four pages and tim's gonna basically on the fourth page run away and then i'm gonna have two pages of uh or one page of tim on a bus ride talking to a friend and then one page of tim on a train ride talking to his girlfriend and then one two how many pages is it um two pages of him tim talking to some friends at a dance you'd be like wait a minute four pages of tim talking to high school friends compared to four pages of the fight yet when you read it you don't even realize it like it it no. just flows really well and it it shows you how good where you're not like oh man get back to the fight or get back to John Paul you're kind of you're kind of immersed in in this world and and I did get the sense it was very much very much like early Peter Parker kind of stuff yeah. and almost like Archie comics but like if it was more serious and I I love how Tim could you know he he's torn cuz he could just like say hey i'm robin and impress everybody and put everybody in their place but then he couldn't be robin anymore if he did that like it's 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 a great like showing how he has to kind of sacrifice a little bit and what he has to do um so i i yeah this is awesome um
0: aside from two panels on my page 11 your guys's page 8 of tim in costume uh this and the first four pages of the fight with uh Jean-Paul, this is a Tim Drake book. Uh, Tim does not appear in costume uh, till the final uh, two pages, uh, basically, 12 and 20, uh, final three pages. Um, Mm -hmm. And it wasn't one of those, like if you were saying that, you know, Dixon came to us and read, gave this whole overarch of like, this is what I want to do in the story. The first words I probably said back then were, well, where's Robin? I mean, yeah, Tim Drake Mm -hmm. talking and, you know, I didn't even think about it getting to the end of the book cuz then I'm like I- I'm already invested in these characters. I'm invested in yeah. Tim Drake and it's not of like okay, we don't we don't want to show him out of costume very long, so we'll do just a, a one or two panels with the girlfriend and bam, we got to get him on a case. There's he's not getting on the case till the last quarter of the book and and barely that. He's on his way to track somebody down, so he doesn't even come in contact with the big bad of the book yet and we don't even get the spoiler connection spoilers till you know <laughs> an issue or two down the line till we see how that is going to uh pan out even though we see uh, his dad there and uh, the electrocutioner so mm-hmm. again it was just well written all the way around um, yeah
2: it's it's very unapologetic in terms of uh this this is the story that's happening and it just happens to be robin number one if they don't go out of their way to do anything crazy because it's a number one issue which i i thought is very kind of refreshing going back to read it
1: yeah yeah it, it seems like it's written and i think it is written by a guy who's wants to be around for the long term who's thinking like i'm setting stuff up and i can get years and years of stories and and robin issues as opposed to a guy who's like Ooh, if i tell this four shoe series and impress then i can move up to batman or Ooh, then i could go to x-men or something so i, I it really looks like chuck dixon was in for the long haul, and how many issues did he do? He did like eighty or hundred or something. So, a bunch. Yeah. I think he went up to like a hundred and five, and then
0: left for twenty some issues, and came back for another ten. I think
2: he came back towards the end of the series too. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, right before the the last arc, I'm trying to open up my uh, comicsology page here, but uh, yeah, it it was quite a long. Uh, run there. Uh, while I'm looking and at this... And he
2: brought spoiler back, I believe, is what yeah. happened. Yes. When that... he came back to
0: the, Yep, to you're series. absolutely right. Um, while I'm looking this up, a question I wanted to ask you, what did you guys think of Shotgun? Uh, that I thought this was kind of cool. He has his own Harvey Bullock here. Although... I was kind of like, he's kind of a little too much like Harvey Bullock. He's like, he's the Harvey Bullock without coffee for like six months.
2: <laughs> but <laughs> but,
0: but uh, what did you guys think of a, a shotgun here kind of being introduced as a, a potential, you know, Thorn and Tim side
1: here? Let's start with uh, you, Terrence. You know, I have this bad habit of when I get my comics, like thumbing through them and like turning to the last page and reading the last page before the first page. Um, and I, when I got this book, I, rem- I remember clearly th- thumbing through it, seeing him and thinking, oh, Harvey Bullock's in this. Like, I thought he was Harvey Bullock. It wasn't until I started reading it and they started calling him Shotgun that I, that I thought, oh, okay, this is, um, a different guy he's kind of like Harvey Bullock but my thought was I, you know even reading it the first time it was obvious they were setting things up setting up a world for Tim setting up future issues and i thought he would be like his commissioner gordon that that was my thought on it and i i kind of liked him i thought it it kind of they're also kind of setting up that he had some kind of like interesting past. And I, I thought he was probably a good guy probably got on the wrong end of some bad cops in Gotham and head is now out in the suburbs here. Uh, but I thought it, I thought it was going to be cool. I thought it was going to be Robbins, commissioner Gordon. Um,
0: just to chime in Chuck Dixon made it to issue 100 uh, with Tim Drake. And then uh, I've still scrolling through to see where he pops back in. So uh, that's a guy that set up a lot of stories that could, Span out through a lot of books, and then got to tell even more things, and could still ref- reference. And that was just a cool thing about it. You had one guy writing this huge, long arc, and I know there's probably some people that have written longer arcs, but you just don't see that, you know, very often. Uh, even just using Rebirth as an example, Snyder and Capullo mm-hmm. made it, you know, to 52 issues, and you know that's the end of that. They could have very easily just continued into Rebirth.
1: And I know Ryan hasn't said about Shotgun yet, but I just want to throw in the thing I loved about Chuck Dixon. He was writing a number of books for that long. Didn't he yeah. write Nightwing, Nightwing for a while? And his style like fit the character. Like I remember Robin was a little more upbeat and, um, you know, like colorful and, and Nightwing was a little bit darker. And like he he and did the whole Bloodhaven thing and all that. And like he really could change his tone and his writing style to suit the character in the story. I really admired that about Chuck Dixon. Uh, what about you in Shotgun, Ryan? Uh,
2: it wasn't that apparent to me when I was reading it that like this Shotgun guy is going to be like Tim's you know, Commissioner Gordon or anything. But it is, like you said, it is kind of one of those things where you see that they're introducing new characters to to firmly set up for Tim's world in this particular series. And I think that's really cool. And the cool thing is, is if you think, um, shotgun could be an asset. It, it's interesting that like this is their first meeting, and maybe later, if if Tim does it right, he could have a somebody that he can like send on little missions uh, to find information or, you know, do things in the police department for him. I think that's kind of a cool idea.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's a tie up on Chuck Dixon. He does not come back to the series till issue one seventy. Yep. So. Makes sense. Uh, and like you said, he was tying up the. Uh, uh, the end of the Robin series. And I think he leaves again shortly before uh, it concludes. Um, I briefly mentioned uh, seeing uh, uh, Clue Master. Forgot his name right for a second. Uh, Clue Master get tied back in. We haven't seen him till uh, since the he was captured by Batman and Stephanie Brown. Uh, Clear back in uh, Detective Comics. I think it was the Shadow Box story, if I remember uh, correctly. Uh, there, so to kind of see that they're. It's another part of, you know, Tim Drake's uh, universe again that's coming back that, you know, this is going to be the first appearance of Stephanie Brown since that particular uh, event happened right before Nightfall. So you have the whole entire Nightfall series that's gone by and now we're starting to get back in like, oh, yeah, that's right. There's, you know, spoiler. So uh, I was kind of glad that they kind of left her out of uh, nightfall for a while to kind of make you forget her. So when she is brought into the Robin series uh, by the next uh, issue or two, it's kind of like that another old friend that's kind of returning to the party. Um, I do think it's really kind of uh, uh, a fitting for you know Tim to be uh, running here towards the very end, to trying to catch the Speed Boys, and he's got somebody on his tail and a shotgun that you know uh, sets him off. Uh, the curve of the road, and he uh, there's a letter that we'll talk about before too long. That there's no airbag <laughs> in the uh, Redbird or whatever, so Tim kind of gets blacked out for a second and comes face to face with the uh, barrel of shotgun. Now, in my trade here, um, would be the last page of the book, it's right with uh, Tim on the ground here. It says, I have a feeling that this is going to cost me a lot more than a ticket. Um, I have a blacked mm-hmm. out bar in the trade does it say will there be a robin 2 is there something that's written right It
2: says uh, continued next issue.
0: Okay. So probably for the trade they just decided to to take that out for whatever uh, mm-hmm. reason right there.
2: Oh, and to clear to clear that up to clarify that the uh, the Stephanie Brown storyline that's not Shadow Box. That not, is uh, it is Detective Comics 647, 48 and 49. I just read it, I just read all three of those earlier today.
0: And Shadow Box were the um,
2: Return of King Snake.
0: Return of King Snake. Yep, that's right. Yeah, yeah,
2: and I think that's a actually if, and that's the thing. If anybody is is uh, new to the podcast and is because this is actually kind of a good spot. If if you're just like I'm, nope, I'm going to start with Robin Number One. The a g- very good prerequisite uh, before reading Robin Number One would I think be det- the the 47 8, and 9 because that is the first introduction of uh stephanie brown spoiler and her relationship to the clue master and she's going to be a pretty important character in tim's life going forward
0: yeah definitely um so the issue is pretty much over at that point so once it was all said and done uh how did you guys feel about uh finally having robin one in your hands whenever you got around to reading it you know I think we were obviously excited to read uh number two, but uh, was it what you were hoping for? Was it under under serving the character or kind of where, where were you uh with the issue
1: once it was all said and done? Let's start with you, Terrence. You know, I can't particularly remember um from back then how I felt after the issue. Only I, I do remember like the first maybe six issues or maybe first twelve issues that this quickly became one of my most favorite um comic series that i was i was reading at the time and um w- one of the ones that I, I looked forward to um really a lot um and i still i still think it holds up really well i kind of read the first six issues this week and uh i was enjoying it i if, if i i would i, w- I didn't, didn't feel it was dated or you know like oh oh this is so 90s or anything like that i thought it was really good ryan
2: i think it's like like I've said through, throughout this podcast, I think it's really a uh, very well written issue, and it doesn't pull any punches. Like it's it's very it's its own thing. It's definitely breaking out of its own story, and they and they don't um they don't do anything crazy just because it's number one. It's like Chuck Dixon's very serious about making this its own thing, its own world, and it's exciting to to keep reading this series because. Dixon, it's it's like a it's like a soap opera, or it's like a TV series. Like he puts enough new seeds in each issue to get you invested in the characters, invested in the story, and you just want to keep reading it to see how it goes. And he he does a great job of wanting you to come back every month. And uh, I think it's going to be a great experience uh, to to make it through the whole series.
0: Yeah, and the one thing that I also really liked about it for people that were like, I don't know if how can you have Robin without Batman? It still stays very much tied to what is going on in the mm-hmm. overall Batman universe without being pigeonholed to that. Cause mm-hmm. the Robin series for a while will snake in and out of the Batman books. And you, you could pick up a Batman book by the time Bruce Wayne comes back and, you know, if Tim's off to go do, Batman tells him to do something, you'll get that in the Robin book. And then you'll kind of see Tim snake back and forth and then cross over into Nightwing and then cross over into Catwoman while still maintaining his own book. And, um, that was something I really liked that it wasn't like they weren't so afraid to have him be out on his own. But when he needed to be with Batman, it made total sense because mm. you felt like you were reading one giant, uh, batman universe which i thought yeah. was really pretty cool
2: and i like the precedent too before all this you know the robin one two and three miniseries uh basically involve tim learning how to be robin and and batman is largely out of the picture in all three of those yeah so there's already this precedent of him uh being able to operate on his own be his own man but also be there when batman needs him and now that nightfall's happened and bruce isn't there it's the perfect opportunity to have uh tim be in his own book
0: yeah I, that's fantastic. Well, back in the day, uh, there was no Internet that after you read a book to go hop online and go, this book's a piece of crap, I hate this book, you know, it's pretty pretty much what people do nowadays. But back then, you would get out these things called pen and paper or pencil and paper, and you would write a note, or if you had a parent with a typewriter, you could type up a note, and you could send it to D.C., and if you were lucky, maybe they published your comments or questions it usually happened like months after you there was not no this like instantaneous you know reply that you would get so something that uh terrence had this really cool idea i'll kind of let him take the the lead on this you could probably guess where we're going to go with this so uh what's our next little segment that we'll we'll, we'll start doing this i think this is going to be fun to kind of do
1: yeah um i used to love the letter columns um and um that I didn't really have any friends who really read comics or or like I did, so what people thought of it or or getting like people's feedback or whether they agreed or not agreed is is kind of in the letter columns, but it was like you said you you read the comic and you'd have to wait three or four months before the letters from your co- the comic you read sometimes I'd have to go back and reread the issue and reread the the letters, but it was also a good way to like catch up like if you started a new series. You know, um, or something and you jumped in on like issue 12. You, in the letter columns, they tell you what happened in like eight, nine and 10 a little bit. Um, so we're going to read a few of the feedback that you can find in uh, issues four and five about issue number one. Dear friend, I like to
0: start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation. I pretend that we're the
1: oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are. People who don't know each other's names. And met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. And the f- first one uh, is kind of weird because some of the people's names you'll see over and over again. There was a guy named Uncle Elvis who used to write in like <laughs> literally like <laughs> 20 or 30 – it seemed like that – a month. Do you guys remember Uncle Elvis or – I remember seeing oh. the name. Yeah. And then um, – Uncle Elvis, like he, somebody wrote in a letter one time. I remember reading it. And they're like, we haven't heard from Uncle Elvis in a while. Is he okay? And the editor's like, I don't know. And then I, I never saw any more Uncle Elvis letters. And I always wondered, like. Is Uncle Elvis okay? <laughs> like, Amazing. You know, it's been 20 years. Like, I don't know, maybe, you know. And, and then I thought, well, if Uncle Elvis died, who got all his comics? Like, I wish he was my uncle. That's right. <laughs> yeah. But um, this first letter in, found in uh, issue – oh, actually, let me ask you this, Rob. Did you ever write in a letter that was uh, published in any of the books?
0: No. Um, I wrote one, typed one up, and gave it to my parents to read. Uh, I had my mom read it. She's always my spell checker. She's like, Rob, you spelled this wrong. I do it all the time on Facebook. Um, but uh, I, I checked out. Um, a, a guest on the show, Tom Paneris, who did Taking Flight for a while, um, he's got pop culture affidavit going on. He was a guest here. Uh, he wrote in a lot to a lot of Teen Titans books. And in Robin 3, Cry the Huntress... Uh, number one, I believe one of his letters is re- is printed in that book. So when I had him on the show for Cry the Hunter, so I got to ask him about that. <clears throat> so he's been the only other person that I've known. Like I remember reading your letter, and he got a oh, big, wow. he got a big chuckle out of that. So uh, somebody, I would see him right into Teen Titans, where he wrote in. Uh, a lot of the times every once in a while in a batman book and he was always saying that tim drake needs his own solo series and in that book it's like well if you stick around a while maybe your dreams will come true so um i thought that was kind of cool that i actually got a chance to talk to somebody that i remember seeing hey there's that tom pannery's guy so no i I never got
1: it i never really i chickened out (laughs) (laughs) how about you ryan any no, young. no,
2: no, they were yeah. I was way too young to even cuz you know I would read the books and be like how are these people getting letters and you know I just <laughs> didn't understand how how it all worked. I just read the comics and of course it was years and years later until I actually tried to start reading them in earnest.
1: Yeah, I've it, written which
2: a- by the way, which sorry, by the way like I've been on quite the journey, you guys, to to get to this point. <laughs> like ever since ever so in our last episode that I was in, we did the showcase issues. Ever since then, I have literally Gone through like the entire book list that you guys have covered on the show, and I have tried to to read everything. <laughs> up, up. So I've I've done it. I've been through uh, Batman Year Three, Lonely Place of Dying, Death in the Family, like all that stuff, all those issues, all the miniseries. Uh, I, think, uh, I think I think I've probably I even got those Superman issues with the vampires and stuff. I read yeah. those. Um, it's cool. I've had most. Most of these comics, and it's been just a great excuse for me to like get them out and have a a, a goal in order to read them in. Uh, and the, I have not yet read the Robin Annual number one, and I thought that was interesting that there's a Robin Annual that I guess came out before the solo series. Yeah, there was two annuals that came out that's, before this. That's an, that's kind of insane. Yeah. So I've got those, and so yeah, so but no, I didn't understand uh, the, the letter columns, and unfortunately, didn't get the – write anything in
1: yeah at some point the letter columns will change a little bit and you'll start seeing people's emails address and then yeah. they were like a little bit quicker I had written a bunch and I got I had one printed in a Superman comic and one in <laughs> there was a the series The Ray that was out Howard okay. Porter drew it um but it was kind of a weird experience to open it up and be like oh, is it in it no and then you oh here it is and then you're like i wonder if anybody will see or no," and no one ever did so it's just like <laughs> <laughs> it's random but um here in the the this one letter by somebody named matt Spalding from sanibel island florida wrote his first paragraph wrote when i first read the fans request for a robin ongoing series my third first thought was, no way he's a great character, but that would be overkill and if nightfall hadn't occurred when it did i'd still I'd still believe that I mean, I love it when Tim became Robin, but an ongoing series question mark, and that was the thing I sense there was a lot of like backlash to like Robin having his ongoing series. It seems odd now because so many characters have had series all over comics and so many like independent comics and image sprung up and you know all these new things but at the time for some people it was like absurd that robin would have his own book
2: yeah that's crazy and maybe it's just part of the whole like 90s thing where there's crossovers here and crossovers there and crazy covers and which there, I think there's a letter later that complains about there being a special cover for this issue. But <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that I thought that's very interesting. Like you know, same problems only you know 25 years ago or whatever.
0: Yeah. And to go a couple years before this, when Robin One comes out, that was the number one selling book. I think it was 91, and uh, but not number one. It was like number five um, ahead, just be, behind like you know X Men and Spider Man. And the next DC book is like a Superman book that's like you know 55 or something like that of the top 100 of that year and then to get to this book where people are like i don't know if robin needs his own book i'm like three years ago people (laughs) were parading in the streets to like yes give us a solo series so i always thought that was weird
1: and then, uh, this one I, I want to read a little. Paul N. Hicks. I won't read all of them because that's just crazy, but <laughs> Paul N. Hicks, he's from Australia. I always uh, I thought it was cool too. if it's like somebody was like from other parts of the world wrote, um, although the comic industry is wallowing in a glut of gimmick covers, at least DC seems to be making special covers that are very attractive and desirable. Tom Grummet has proven he is superb with dynamic characters over in New Titans and the adventures of Superman. And I forgot, I think, didn't Grummet do one of the, um, uh lonely place of dying or did he do uh, no. that, that tim drake uh dick grayson story though oh yeah he did yeah he did the so, the titans um training day or whatever that was okay yeah yeah, yeah. it was it yeah and then he kind of writes that you know he, he likes seeing ariana again and kind of goes through all, everything here um with shotgun and stuff um and then let's see what what else here? This one here is funny. I, I bought the dollar fifty version of Robin number one. I'm tired of gimmick covers yep. <laughs> and I resent paying extra in this case a dollar forty five for foil covers, holographic covers or other gimmicks that don't improve the quality of the comic. Uh which is kinda where I was with it. That's why I don't have the foil comic here. But I do have a Batman Adventures number twelve, so I did something right. There, there you yeah. go.
2: No, yeah. I love that the response that they give kind of puts the guy in his place where they're basically like, well, that's kind of why we presented two versions of the cover so you can buy the cheap one. And, you know, the it is number one and it's kind of special and it's uh, it's an homage to uh, Tim Dr- uh, Dick Grayson's first appearance as Robin. So <laughs> I thought yeah. that was a pretty yeah. great response.
1: Yeah, cause I guess the standard cover was that too, and I, I always thought they released the standard cover cause people who had subscriptions in the mail and stuff, they would, you know, they didn't want to send them the, the extra one. Um, but yeah, but then some people buy two. So, uh, but then this guy here, Don. Crom- from cleveland ohio out your way there rob yep. um is kind of more what i was thinking so he says finally after three miniseries of varying quality robin has his own monthly okay. comic too bad. it's just funny how, how critical like <laughs> i know <laughs> Yeah, was, what a backhanded compliment. Uh varying quality. Bad, yeah. Too bad Bruce We're All had written
2: to get, by the same guy though.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I complain about that. And I always wonder which letters didn't make it. Like what what do people say in some of those letters? Um <laughs> Too bad Bruce had to get seriously injured for it to happen. Uh the book itself picked up right where Night uh Night Quest, the Crusade and Cry of the Huntress both left off. The Pretender doesn't want Robin around to the point of being violent, and Ari and Tim are starting a relationship and Ives is socially disadvantaged. PC for geek. I don't know what does that mean. PC for geek. Politically. That's oh, politically, politically correct. correct yeah, yeah. Wow, was that even used back then? So yeah. Um, and then I like this this last one here. Somebody from the yo from the Bronx. You're uh, <laughs> Danny and Jordan. I have only two complaints concerning Robin. Irma. Only two. So he's being nice. Yeah. yeah. I've got twelve, but I'm only writing two. <laughs> Yeah, this is a great letter. You're you're a living, you're a living, quote, you're a living legend shotgun still carrying that hog leg of yours. Two barrels of 12 gauge misery, Jack, no regular issue purse pistols for shotgun Smith. I realize this is a comic book, but could we please dispense with the hackneyed B-movie dialogue? Jeez. Second complaint. Shouldn't the Redbird have, at the very least, an airbag? (laughs) Or those aircraft seatbelts like the Batmobile has so Tim won't go bashing his head every time there's a collision? And what's funny is when i read the first issue i actually thought he wrecked the red bird i was like oh man yeah. it's gone in the first issue already but that's that's funny his complaint is the dialogue is cheesy and it didn't have an airbag Speaking
2: <laughs> i of dialogue i think it's this, oh sorry that oh, was very quick there's there is one cool piece of dialogue i thought that was in that first issue where tim talks about the red bird and he's like it's gonna be hard knowing i've got a hot car to call my own <laughs> I, just yeah. like, I just thought that was cool he's calling the red bird a hot car, car. What I think is
0: even funnier about the email or the email, jeez, listen to me, the letter is that they reply and say, uh, "I told him he should to buy American." Like, well, that's why there's no airbags because you know the uh, the Chinese don't know how to put airbags in the car, the Germans or whatever. I thought that was kind of I liked how they would have a little fun with uh, people in their replies too, which
1: I that always makes me laugh. And then in. Issue five. Now, I'll test you because I don't know this here, but there, there people were talking about how the letter columns just called Robin, and I, I think it was traditional, like the first couple of letter columns would just be like the mm-hmm. title, but then someone would come up with something clever, and then my favorite always was Green Lantern, which was from the planet Oa, and it was Oa, by the way, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: no, and in the Azrael book, it ended up being uh, As You Like It.
1: As you like, yeah, and I remember. Detective Comics was always Detective Comments. Uh, but what what has Robins become? I don't remember. Did you? I don't remember either. I'm, the books are too far out of my reach. To, uh, yeah. I'll
2: try to, to rush this. to find it while we're talking.
1: That is your job, Ryan. Go. And you, small headphone cord. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. got wireless. I got wireless. So I'm good. Yeah, oh, nice. Yeah. Um, the uh, This person suggested, Shane Digby from Louisville, Tennessee, suggested the Redbird Gazette. I hope it really didn't become the, <laughs> the Redbird Gazette. And then, however, just yoking, like a yoke. Oh, that's oh. It's bad bird jokes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like I'm this one. At,
2: uh, issue 36. It's uh, In the back of that issue, at least, it's called, wait for it, it's called Round Robin. <laughs> oh, gosh
1: now why couldn't i have thought of that <laughs> yeah. see this is what they should have done for rebirth they should have had tim uh mm. drake gain a lot of weight and instead of being red robin he could have been round, round robin, robin. <laughs> yeah like uh was it bounce boy from the legion of superheroes or something yeah yeah he, is it bounce boy? is his name bounce boy you know what i'm talking about yeah. like yeah that round robin um <laughs> gosh um dear editor and yeah, this is from, uh, Bernie Alonji from Brockport, Pennsylvania. I certainly, it certainly took you long enough, but Robin now, man, people think we, we were, comic book fans were like rude and brutal. <laughs> In the, the internet age, we were bad yeah. back with pen and paper too. Like, it certainly took you long enough, but Robin now has his own ongoing series. Of course, now it will cost me an extra bucks fifteen to read it. <laughs> On adventure. <laughs> poor guy is out six quarters a month and, and these guys work all month on writing, drawing, creating this oh, another oh, dollar for I, have, a yeah. hi. I have to spend like nobody's <laughs>
0: forcing him to buy this You know, um, like, I want to go, hi, my name is Rob Myers I'm from the future um, yeah. I, I pay. Well, I was paying almost $5 for a comic, shut your pie hole
1: <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> oh by um, the way, I found, I looked up the uh, inflation differences in what the regular newsstand and the special edition comics and how much they would cost today. So, the Robin number no. 1 newsstand was $1.50 in 1993. Today it would cost $2.50. The special foil cover was let's see what was it? Uh 2.95 back in 1993. Today that would cost $4.90. Yeah.
1: It's not kind of in line. It's not bad. No. Yeah. They should
2: stop complaining in the past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, the story in Robin number one was good. I don't really get into the car thief thing. And it was kind of an odd coincidence that the car thieves were at the dance. Tim Drake took his girlfriend to. But hey, that's comics. This is one of the things that like annoys right. me it's fiction people like it would be a very boring story if tim drake went to the dance got home and then got you know opened the newspaper the next day and oh at another high school there was a car thief and you know like sometimes coincidences (laughs) happen for storytelling to you know so it's not a 30 you know five page book to to get there it's you know these things happen um the appearance of the Clue Master is welcome and gives us some insight into what's going on in the next few issues. The art was great. Love the Redbird. Please no Superboy crossovers. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, last one here. Mark Lucas from Los Angeles, California. Robin? Question mark. I'm writing a letter to the first issue of an unlimited Robin series? Question mark. I never foresaw myself doing something like this. A feeling that may be mutual for many readers. For some reason, when I read this, I'm like, if Rob had written in a letter, this is probably what it would have sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> My yeah. Probably. Are you sure you're not in the witness relocation program? And you should be shh, Mark dang. Lucas. Yeah. Uh, let's just. Well, I'm gonna delete this from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a uh, robin my friends in the mafia will never believe it no um, <laughs> uh let's see where was i oh um robin despite his successful revival in the person of tim drake still carries the image of being batman's goofy sidekick yet here i am letting you now know how charming and fun the new robin series is the 80s signaled the arrival of the dark and gritty angst-filled hero in the 90s dc has been at the forefront of introducing fun characters in fun comics superboy catwoman and now robin these characters are in series that offer f- uh, familiar adventures with a colorful and fun approach there's action and violence but there's also character development romance humor and a general good time these are gar <laughs> that's everyone's good time i want <laughs> action <laughs> violence I- and character I- development <laughs> romance humor um and- <laughs> that's right it's the same thing this guy put on his match.com profile <laughs> <laughs> uh, romance violence in a good old time um these are guaranteed crowd pleasers. Comics that don't seek to do any more or less than entertain the reader. There aren't deep meanings hidden within the language where the reader needs to have a degree in English slash philosophy slash psychology to decipher. So I'm, my guess was he had just read what i mean, had just read Watchmen before he wrote this letter, and then read Robin. Um, just plain good storytelling combined with colorful and dynamic art. What the doctor ordered. Further, these comics can be read by fans of all ages. The kind that, uh, the kind this is, what is this? The kind that is clamored for now. Sorry. I suppose I'm writing to Robin. Thanks to your efforts, I'm proud of it. So, Rob, are you sure you didn't write that letter? I legally don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. So, <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> no. I. Uh, that does sound like something I would write. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think he, I think that letter said. A lot of stuff that we've been talking about—it's—it yeah. was fun in the '90s. You're coming out of the the Dark Knight Returns and the dark and the gritty, you know. And here well, you and have
2: even Nightfall too. Yeah, I mean, even it's, Nightfall. It's hardcore stuff, you know, for the early '90s.
0: And I think that was the cool thing coming out of it, and uh, uh, not trying to go back into the Harley Quinn issue, but I was picking up the animated series because, like, well, this is the only book that Bruce Wayne is Batman in, and mm-hmm. I've got Tim Drake Robin to read so th- those were like two two big books that I always relied on every month were, were, were the fun books that I had. And then, you know, the whole search and the Knight's Quest and Crusade and all that stuff was kind of the, the darker side of Batman. But even with the darker side of Batman, you had this fun, bright character, but it wasn't Goofy Waka Waka on the Silly Robin character. You know, it's not the Harley Quinn character. It's somebody that you could relate to. That was more on the brighter side, as Robin should be, but was written very seriously, and I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it immensely.
2: There's one letter in here that I think is pretty good. You want me to read it?
1: Yeah, yeah, go, go ahead. for it.
2: It's because he, he actually asked some good questions that I had when I read the issue, and they get answered. So, But, the, but I'll read the first part. Dear Birdman, just finished reading Robin number one. You guys have finally outdone yourselves this time. Chuck Dixon is the greatest writer ever to grace the pages <laughs> of Batman, Detective Comics, and most important, Robin, with his genius. It's great to see Robin free of the restraints that living in Batman's shadow has put on him. In how many other books does the hero get the chance to get a new girlfriend, a new car, and all in his first issue? This book falls in line with the great stories Chuck Dixon has written for The Boy Wonder. Reading the first Robin miniseries is what sent me diving into comic book collecting, and I think that you guys at DC should give Chuck his share of cash – for all the books I have bought since, I figure that after the store makeup markup, the shipping cost, the middleman, the assistant middleman, the janitor, the assistant janitor, and the guy who decides that everyone is overpaid, to, so he should get a raise, Chuck deserves at least three dollars and fifty-three cents. Uh, sincerely, Chuck Dixon. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, I was yeah. just reading that, thinking like, oh man, that'd be awesome if Chuck Dixon wrote that in himself I was he's like, this is great. I, anyway, his, his three questions are: he wanted to know. How and where did Tim Drake hook up with uh, Ariana between Cry of the Huntress, uh, Robin 3, uh, and Robin number 1? And I, I wondered that, too, because I just read uh, Cry of the Huntress, and then all of a sudden he knows Ariana here. So I wasn't sure if there's any issues between where yeah. she's in. And and th- they answer that, and they-, they they say there isn't. They say, <laughs> Tim met Ariana in an alley in Robin 3 number 1, and the two dated sporadically before the onslaught of Nightfall and the events chronicled in Robin number 1. So it's just kind of unspoken yeah and then he also asks uh if robin I, I don't see how you know these uh readers get so concerned with these kind of things um if robin gets pulled over for speeding other than by mr shotgun smith how does he show his license and prevent <laughs> insurance without giving away his identity are the Redbird and the batmobile insured and they say man this is a great answer they give Robin managed to avoid showing his license to Shotgun Smith. Batman has some special arrangement through Commissioner Gordon that allows him to get away with a lot in Gotham. We have not yet revealed how said arrangement applies to Robin, but when the Bat vehicles are damaged, Bruce Wayne pays out of pocket for the repairs
1: that Harold performs. Or at least he did. So, <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. I could just see Robin, like, on the side of the road in a fender bender exchanging that. I'm like, I- I'd appreciate it if you didn't tell anyone the name on this. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Name?
0: Robin? Yeah. yeah. Does his driver's license say Robin Occupation? Boy Wonder?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, that was something I wanted to go uh, back to really quick in the issue that, you know, Shotgun doesn't know who he is. Like, Robin, Boy Wonder you Batman's partner? Like, he still doesn't get it, which I thought was that was kind of funny. Like, he, he was drawn yeah. in a way of, like, I don't get how you don't know who I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. I got a real quick thing. One really, really cool thing that I noticed in Robin number one is that he does, speaking of, like, cool things Tim does and, you know, uh, techniques he uses or weapons he uses, he does the thing where he pulls the Robin Shuriken logo off of his costume and stabs Azrael with it.
0: Yeah,
2: and for a few pages there, he the you know the Robin Shirk and falls down, and he does not have a logo on his chest. So I always thought that was a cool idea. I always love when he gets to use that thing where he rips off the R logo as like a last ditch thing and like throws it at somebody or something. That's I'm great.
0: glad you brought that up. Did you happen to see that this week in any comics that you read?
2: Yes, <laughs> I don't remember. I saw it at least once. I, I it's in one of the Robin miniseries. I can't remember which one.
0: Well, I mean, uh, recently out of uh, Rebirth, uh, Justice League Fifty One. Uh, Dick Grayson pulls the R off his chest and uses it as a throwing device, and Wonder Woman says, this is a, u- a unique device. Uh, let me try. <laughs> and she throws it and takes out uh, some Parademon-type things. Uh, oh with man. It, which I thought was a, a nice little callback to this, and I was reading it and going, you stole that from Tim Drake.
2: <laughs> now I'm going to have to read that. I did not pick that up because I got Justice League 50, and I was like, okay, I don't need the other ones because Rebirth's now. I don't need to read this, but now, nah, darn it.
0: As yeah, as it – it loosely ties into uh Titans uh, rebirth. Yeah. So it kind of sets up, you know, Dick Grayson and Dick Grayson, Robin and Batman and what was going mm. on right there. So mm-hmm. I thought that was nice that you you brought that up. Yeah, um, I just kind of want to go through a couple little uh, replies here that we had. Uh, Donovan Grant over um, at the Batman Universe, and he used to be um, one of the uh, comic podcasters over there, um, he was just talking about – I sent out a message if anybody had any thoughts or feelings on Robin 1, just a series. He sent a couple tweets. It says uh, Tom Grummet's, uh probably is the – try that again. Tom Grummet probably the book's best artist, although uh, the one that he's, uh, he followed was the most greatest. I can't even read that right. Uh, although most of the ones that followed were great, so I uh, was saying that you know the, all the other artists that were on this series were really good, but Tom Grumman always is the first thing that comes to mind when I think of the Robin series. It's it's these first handful of issues that he did. He said, "My brother and I each have a copy of issue uh, one with the different covers, and uh, late to this date, I miss uh, Adriana Drazinsko. So he's somebody that uh, does kind of miss her, and uh, it'll be interesting as we go through this to kind of find out, you know, what happens to her. I I can remember her being there, but then at one point that she's just gone, but I can't remember if she's killed or leaves or goes back to Russia. Um, Mm -hmm. It'll be interesting that I know Tim self-destructs the Redbird to get out of a jam and destroys the car, so... uh, I remember at a certain point after one year later going, whatever happened to Redbird? So there was a chunk of time that I wasn't following the Robin books. So I went out and bought. Uh, I almost have the whole complete series now. Nice. So this is going to be kind of cool. There's some books that I've I've never read. So doing the podcast to go through uh, some of those books for the very first time will be uh, really pretty cool. Um, we had some nice comments, uh, over in Holy Batcast. of just saying that they enjoyed, uh, Terrence and I over there. So I just wanted to say a uh, big shout out to there. And then, uh, the last thing I have here, and then a group that I'm a part of, of comic book collectors forum. I, I sent this out there on Facebook. Uh, they said, you know, uh, give a shout out to Norm Bray If you would, um, I would have loved to see Norm Bray do, uh, tim drake robin uh in this series Uh, i never got a chance to uh at least as far as my memory goes that was from charles uh zach says i have the exact same three uh robin series and they're all signed of the foil the standard and the uh solo series Mm -hmm. um and a couple more here it says uh i bought this book for five bucks back in 2000 and uh somebody asked uh what was it going for um Now and they said they got theirs for a dollar in 2007, so (laughs) not as expensive as as you would think, but uh, still a a really cool book and uh, one that now the podcast can officially uh, be saying that we'll be talking about uh, Robin Tim Drake in his own book. Uh, The next episode that we'll have, we'll actually step away from Robin and we'll be going into Rebirth and talking about uh, Tim Drake in there. So the podcast will do... Uh, a shift, uh, maybe every other episode, or depending on how the books come out, uh, we'll probably do a couple books of the '90s, and then whatever issues happen to be out from Rebirth. So we'll get a uh, classic '90s Tim Drake, and then we'll get current Tim Drake that looks very much the same, like he does right now, which makes me uh, very happy being a uh, a Robin fan. Uh Terrence had to uh, leave, so we'll kind of close the uh, episode here. Uh, Ryan, for the people that uh, may be new to you, where uh, where can they follow you and where can they find you at out on the uh, Internet out there?
2: Uh, all right. Well, you guys can follow me on Twitter at SMB underscore Ryan. Uh, and the, the reason it has an SMB uh, at the start of that is because it's related to my Super Mario Brothers, the movie website, which you can visit at SMBmovie.com. And I am a regular... Uh, panelist and contributor to Batman on film and uh i'm on the batman on film podcast uh every week and you can just follow them at uh at batman on film on twitter or batman dash on dash film dot com
0: excellent and you can find uh terence at O'Neill ties on uh, Twitter and, I believe, on uh, Instagram as well. Uh, Ryan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh Thanks. To get to talk about Robin Number 1. And uh, we'll have to pull you back in from time to time as we go through some of these uh, Robin issues. And uh, especially maybe when we get closer back to uh, Nightfall and see what good old uh, crazy Azriel Asbat <laughs> is doing.
2: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying the series. And uh, I, I can't wait to kind of follow the journey along with the podcast and read read. You know, I think next we get uh, – oh, there's like an issue of Robin that's like – I think issue nine is the Night's End Aftermath. And then yeah. bo- uh, issue or two before that is like uh, Night Quest, the conclusion. I mean there's all kinds of cool st- uh, Night Nightfall tie-in stuff uh, here. Um- and then I think – Oh,
0: go ahead. Now, say a big one that Terrence is chomping at the bit to do is Prodigal, uh, the first time yes. that Dick Grayson becomes Batman. So you've got uh, Tim Drake that's uh, now teamed up with uh, Dick Grayson Batman, which is a, a really cool story. And mm-hmm. I just I liked how all these stories just told one giant long narrative, and it yeah, kept on this great. whole train between Batman, Detective, Catwoman, Azrael, Robin. Um, Nightwing if I've already said that and going all the way into No Man's Land and even Batgirl yeah. by that yeah. point that all these seeds were planted clear back in uh, the start of uh, year three where Tim Drake was first introduced. So yeah, it's, it's been, so great. It's been great to uh, to get here this far. Thanks to people that have stuck with the podcast this far. We've got some really cool things coming up, and we'll also be talking about some modern Tim Drake as well and some Rebirth stuff, so we'll have a little bit of the new and a little bit of the old. On the behalf of Ryan and my co-host Terrence, this is Rob Myers, and you've been listening to Robin. everyone loves the Drake. Yay, we made it to issue number one. And thanks Ooh. for tuning in to the batmanuniverse.net we'll see everybody later take care bye thanks for listening to robin everyone loves the drake comic podcast this podcast has been brought to you by the Universe.net. tim drake robin and all related batman characters are under copyright of dc comics this podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by the show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at robineltdpodcast at yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone that loves the Drake. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you and we will read your comments on the air. The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, the Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.